Let's get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. Next up, we have an interview with longtime TV comedian. You may have remembered him from Coach or My Mother the Car or The Middle or a bunch of other television shows. He also is a stand-up comic, the brother of Dick Van Dyke, Jerry Van Dyke. Till this day, I still say he's the funnier Van Dyke. How you doing, Jerry? Good. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I am the funnier Van Dyke. <laughs> now, does Dick agree with that? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, he uh, He's more of a... However, on the Van Dyke show, uh, he's a great comedy timing. He's great... Uh, Scripted, of course. I always argue he had the best writer in the television business with Carl Reiner. You know, those they never did a bad show, and Dick was great. But since then, he had done a lot of comedy, also uh, dancing, uh, which I was always surprised. I didn't think he could dance. <laughs> I see you were uh, started your comedy career in high school at Danville High School. Does that mean you were the class clown? <laughs> oh, definitely. The school clown. I was to the extreme, to the extreme, yeah. Most comics are, come from the class clown. But I was extreme. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was mischievous. I got thrown out a lot. Uh, before I practical jokes. But I was always, it took me six years to get through high school. I'm not too bright either. Oh, I don't know about that. I think most comedians have to be pretty smart, whether they want to admit it or not. Uh, uh, that hasn't been my experience. Today, <laughs> yeah. Today, you're right. But my era, uh, we were all, uh, most of them didn't finish high school. But now, you really are, uh, comics are pretty bright. But not in my era. You know, the, most of you know, the Buddy Hackett's, uh, Alan King's, uh, you know, the Don Rickles, you know. These guys uh, weren't too educated. A lot of them had some issues, too, like Jonathan Winters. Well, he had a lot of issues, <laughs> yeah, outside of, uh, you know, not being. He, I think Jonathan probably was smart, but he was uh, mentally, he could it's a problem, big problem with him. At what point? Uh, my era, nowadays, nowadays the, the guys are bright. I mean, you tell you, a lot of the comics are very bright. And therefore, they're able to come up with more material than us, than their guys. But they, they're into politics and they keep up with what's going on. And, uh, Material is hard, so hard to come by, and the smarter you are, the better you can come up with it. At what point did you know you wanted to get out of Danville, Illinois? I never wanted to get out. Uh, I I loved going up there, and, uh, you know, I went in the service, and I got out, and I actually didn't leave until I was about 25. Uh, but I didn't want to go. I, I wanted to be in the – I wanted to be a comic since eight years old. I decided at eight years old, that's what I'm going to do. And, and I didn't 
uh, I didn't even have any interest whatsoever in doing anything else. So I concentrated on that in school. That was my problem in school, you know. I'd rather be funny than get good grades. I had the same problem. I spent more time outside the classroom than inside. Yes. Yeah, yeah, all the way around. I was just a, a happy, little go lucky guy. You know, I always went outside. I, I don't, you know, I've never had a uh, test or anything, but I know I have ADD, ADHD. It, I know I have it. I, even though I've never been diagnosed with that, but I know that's my problem. So, who are the comedians? Who are the comedians you enjoy, who were the comedians you enjoyed when you were growing up? All of that era: Red Skelton, Bob Hope. You know, they were my idols. Uh, all the radio guys, Chuck Benny, of course. All of that. That was my era. You know, radio. Who listened to the radio? I wouldn't miss Sunday and Tuesday night with the comics. That was my life. That was my life. Yeah, I was into sports pretty good, but. Uh, Comedy was it. I, 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 my dad and my uncle, his brother, the two of the funniest guys I've ever ever seen. Off the top of their head, funny, really funny. I'm serious. Dick and growing up, Dick was the unfunniest guy in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody had to be serious, right? I guess so. I guess so. But he... Uh, he uh, was interested, you know, he was in the school plays, you know, and, and I loved, uh, I want to be a stand-up comic, which I did become, I was one, but, uh, you know, all of my friends, I was in the sports pretty good, and all my friends' brothers were on the, uh, on the uh, football team, you know, they were, mm-hmm. and that's, being in plays in the 40s was not the thing to do. They talked about those guys back then. What? They didn't talk well about those guys back then who were in theater. Not at all. Not at all. They were sissies. Sissies. And I was embarrassed that he was in the high in plays. You know, I'd go to high school have to go see it. And he'd mostly dramas. And, uh... You know, I, I was embarrassed that my brother was uh, in the place. You know, the thing, you know, the football was it. To have a brother play football, that would be it. Was it a stretch for you to play Dick Van Dyke's brother on the Dick Van Dyke show? Well, no, not at all. It was, you know, to, to this day, it's the greatest material I've ever had written. I mean, uh, they were just brilliant. Carl Reiner was brilliant. And uh, they never had a bad show. That was, to this day, the best thing I've ever done. I think the best guy in that show was Maury Am- Amsterdam. What about him? I think Maury was the funniest guy in that show. Yeah, well, Maury was a, you know, a comic, you know, one of the original Broadway open house comics. He was a real comic, a joke machine. But he was, he was funny. It was perfect casting, that show. It's still to this day the best, uh, to me, the best show on television ever. What was working with Rosemarie like? 
great cheer, you know, we, we and I, we hit it off pretty good from day one, and it was fun. The big thing about the Bad Dog Show, you know, I'd never done anything and, you know, when I did that show. I just was a stand-up comic, working toilets, you know. And, uh, my God, to have material given to you like that, you know, the big problem, of course, with the comic is material. You know, you got to go on the Tonight Show and have new stuff. And, you know, they, uh, it was handed to me. It was a... I, I thought, oh, my God. I remember I asked Mary Tyler Moore, do you think I could make a living doing this? <laughs> and what was the answer? <laughs> I think that she was vague. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I see that they offered you the chance to play Gilligan, and you turned it down. What was the reason right, for that? Right, right. Why did you do that? Or you didn't think that script was any good? Did you ever see the show? <laughs> I did, but I think I think it would have been a better Gilligan than he was. Well, it doesn't make any difference. Um, as it turned out, it's the best thing I ever did by turning that down because I would be uh, Gilligan forever. Which, which is what happened and to then, Bob Denver. And Bob it was, Denver. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, and it was a minute. They all hated each other. Uh, it, it was a terrible existence for doing that show. Everybody didn't get along. It's a shame. You know, Saad, that show only lasted three years. Yeah. But everybody thinks it was on forever because of syndication. And Bob Denver didn't get anything. He made his money, just public appearances, decided to autograph. Yeah. So I'm glad I turned it down. I said, the joke is I turned down Gilligan's Island and took my mother the car. <laughs> <laughs> and and they did and they didn't question question your sanity after that decision? Of course everybody everybody <laughs> did. It, everybody did. But people don't realize you know, we we don't really have a a choice in this business. I mean we have to take what we can get. We, we we can't just sit back and say, I don't like that, I don't like that, I'm not going to do that. I know I had to, I had to make a living, and uh, it was guaranteed on the air. Grant Tinker, who was married to Mary, who eventually married Mary, mm -hmm. uh, was a vice president at NBC, and I used to play tennis with him. And he came to me and said, listen, I want you to do this show guaranteed on the air. He said, I'll be this here to tell you it's on the air. And, uh, but you still have to do the pilot and everything. So here's a show. You know, and gimmick shows were pretty popular in those days. You know, Bewitched, all those. Sure. Mr. Ed. Yeah, they were all uh, hits. You know, it was, it was pitched to me as the, the show was just a gimmick. Could me get in trouble and do a series. I, I didn't know the car would be end up being the star of the show. <laughs> it was you it know, was I mean, it was Night Rider before Night Rider. Right, you know, and um, the, the, this particular car wasn't really that funny. <laughs> <laughs> so now, I, uh, one role you did pass up though was 
on the Andy Griffith show, you you could have been the role that Don Knotts had. Well, they they wrote the show for me to take Don's place, uh, but I know it was it was never really offered to me. It was I know it was in the the thoughts and stuff, but. Uh, the reason is I got I had this firm offer to do my mother the car, and I wasn't going to sit around waiting for. And that would have been a dumb move anyway. Trying to take Don Knotts' place, so uh, just as well I didn't do it. How did you end up getting the role of Luther and Coach? It's, it's a long story. I cut it down. I was on the road. I was uh, pretty much through in the business. Uh, uh, I've had all these series of Bob and, you know, I had to make my living in clubs and things and, uh, I was getting older. So I said, I, I gotta, I gotta write, start writing. I couldn't write alone. And I went working Phoenix. I'll tell you how far down I was. I was working the Red Dog Saloon in Phoenix on New Year's Eve. Uh, and this ex- the club was exactly like it sounds it was. <laughs> And a young man, from, uh, 20 years old, approached me and said he was a writer and wanted me uh, to help him. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll team up with you. I'll pay you $300 a week, come to California. We'll write things. I have a few connections. And, with and uh, so I did. And he came, and we, we bombed miserably. It was, uh, didn't work. But I kept contact with the guy, the kid, and I kept him on salary. And uh, I went to, I did, I was pretty good friends with James L. Brooks, Jim Brooks, yeah. who uh, did Mary Tyler Moore, and a lot of things, the movies. But I went to him and said, I got this kid. He put him on the taxi. And then one thing led to another. He did pilots. He, did, you know, he didn't do anything. He did the new hard show. It didn't work out. The last one. And then he, uh, I I didn't want to lose contact with him. I was working Harris, opening for Jim Neighbors. And I was doing real well. I was killing him. And my wife went to him and had him come and see me. And I'll never forget it. At breakfast, he he said, I've had this idea about a coach. And that's it. I found my own producer. He was working at the Chamber of Commerce in Phoenix. So I, I, I had to find my own guy because I was pretty much worst up, kind of like now. We had, they had, a, oh, great, they had a great cast with uh, Craig T. Nelson, yourself, um, George Engel. Uh, I'm blanking out on um, the one name right now, the uh, – his other assistant. Ken Kimmons, the yes. athletic director. Exactly. And, and Dauber. And Dauber. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What was it? Was the chemistry the key to that show's success? Absolutely. Without a doubt. We had more fun off camera than on camera. Then it transferred into the. So it, it, it was definitely the chemistry. Because. The producer, the guy who wrote the show, wanted Burt Reynolds, uh, and he didn't, he turned down Craig, and then they were going to run a lot of things, and they went back to Craig. It just was the chemistry I, the, the, that worked. 
we had and there was a live show in front of an audience. You know, me being a stand-up comic, that would fit me great. When people meet you, do they think that you're that befuddled uh, assistant coach, or, or do they understand that was just a role that you played on television? Uh, they pretty much believe it, because actually that's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Luther, Luther, see, this writer that did the show lived with me for, for a long time, right? We were writing those things. So he took most of my character from me. You know, I was a junk food nut. Uh, uh, I was, what was he? He described my, surely, the, the world's most negative man. That's how he described me. So he lived with me. So Luther was really a, me, a spinoff. I, I, I just put myself into the role. That was just me. I, I'm not an actor. My favorite episode was when you met Kathy Lee and Frank Gifford, and you spilled that food on Kathy Lee. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember that. Yes, she wasn't happy about that. <laughs> was that planned or was that impromptu? The what? Was that planned or was that impromptu? Oh, it was planned. It was planned, but I we did a couple of takes, and I made some mistakes and. Poured it on parts of her body. I shouldn't have. <laughs> but I think maybe it was on purpose. You made the mistakes Never. on purpose to get back at her. I think it was on purpose. Yeah, we had a we had a lot of fun on that show. There was a lot of ad living and stuff went into it. You know, uh, we'd make a mistake and then uh, put it in the show. You can't but we, Craig and I hit it off. Craig, you know, started in comedy. He actually started in comedy, then got into drama later. I remember seeing him when they said he was doing the, they picked him as the coach. I, I remember seeing him in uh, the movie, uh, what was it? Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Oh, okay. yeah. And I saw... He reminded me of a, a Sid Caesar type guy. He did some things in there I saw that probably a lot of people didn't see. The, 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 I could see the comedy. So I knew it was there. And, well, he loved doing comedy. And uh, we hit it off so good that, uh, you know, we, we split each other up. I, I, we had an awful time getting to the show. You guys remind you guys reminded me kind of like Abbott and Costello the way you guys interacted with each other. Like who? Abbott and Costello. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much pretty much it. <laughs> we had the timing, you know. The, it took us about two years before we found. See the writer, the guy, the writer that wrote it uh, and produced it. What he wanted was my father, the coach, where she comes to college and they're divorced, and he they had and there's and the turmoil between the father and the daughter, and he didn't want to get away from that. I was I was just comedy relief. I didn't have much to do the first three years, and then hit it, Craig and I started hitting it off and. 
then it went from there. We were never a major, major hit. We weren't in the top ten very, very solid. But we lasted nine years, which is amazing. That's a pretty good run, and you and you got four consecutive Emmy Award nominations, so you must have been doing something right, and somebody was taking notice. Yeah, it, it just worked. I didn't think it was working, I'll tell you the truth, for a long time. Until I was nominated for my first Emmy, I didn't think I was coming off. I really didn't, because they weren't writing for me at all. I but, of course, it was magic. You know, I was over the hill. I was 56 years old. I was over the hill. It was over for me when that came about. I, I remember to... I told Shelley in the beginning, I said, this is it for us, son. <laughs> this is, if this doesn't work, we're out of it. And Shelley was the same way. You know, she'd been around. What I so enjoy... it was a great experience. <laughs> Yeah, I, she, she was on the Donna Reed show back uh, in the 50s, you know, as, as a, a young, as a right, teenager. Right. And she, yeah, and she had a hit recording, you know. Right. And uh, she'd, been, you know, she'd been around a little bit. You know, uh, I said that the Van Dyke show was the best thing I ever did. The best thing I've ever done, I just did a couple of years ago. You know, Dick and I, my brother, we did the Sunshine Boys. And we were off of Broadway, and I was great. I had the lead, you know, uh, and which is my character was. It was a it was Luther, and we filled the house. We we did fantastic, and we were offered Broadway, but of course, you know, Dick's six years older than I am, so we were pretty much. They even offered to cut out matinees for us. <laughs> But it's really for me. It's like written for me. But we were too much over the hill at that time. It's been Dixon, eighty-eight. You know, he just married a thirty-nine-year-old woman. Did you know that? Yeah, it keeps him young. <laughs> uh, he must. He must uh, have an well, optimistic. Or else, or else it's killing him. <laughs> but if you're gonna go. You know, I could think I of worse so. ways to go. I guess so. Yeah, if he would, if he's still doing it, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, you also, I, of course, I question. You also do a show that, that, that do you? This, you? You do a show that's one of my wife's favorite, The Middle, and you show up every Thanksgiving. How much fun is it working with Patricia? And, I do it, yeah, I do it a couple of times a year. And you know that I'm the, it looks like I'm going to be fairly regular on the, uh, oh, I did, uh, it's a big hit. Uh, isn't that awful? I can't think of the name of it. Uh, it's a big, the new hit of the, it follows Big Bang Theory. What's the name of it? Uh, I'm the father on that show. The middle? I'm the grandfather on it. The middle? No, the Millers. No. The Millers. Yeah. The Millers, yeah. I just did one, but they're going to have me back. And it was, uh, really, I came off real well. I love doing it. And they're going to have me back next year. So, I mean, I'm the father on the middle. I don't know how long I can hold out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if Betty White's still going at 92. Who? Betty White. She's still going at yeah, 92. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't think I'll want to. Well, the nice thing is the characters you play, if you ever get senile, nobody will ever know the difference, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm better now than I was when I was 30, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm better older. Well, you were just ahead of your time. But there aren't a whole lot of parts for an 82-and-a-half-year-old guy. Well, yeah, but if anybody's going to get him, you're the guy, right? Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, you know. What's the competition uh, out there? A, <laughs> you know. Getting to the show is not easy for me. Uh, I broke my hip a couple of years ago. And I, and I did, when I, and, and uh, when I did the Millers for the first time, I did the best acting I ever have done because I, I walked. And I could I couldn't walk at that time. <laughs> Because I had a broken hip, so. But the the guy that uh, that is produces that show, you know, he's put me on things. You know, he did My Name Is Earl. I was mm -hmm. on that. He did uh, another show last like five years. And uh, you were on Yes, dear, and for a while. Huh? Yes, dear was another one you were on. Yes, dear. That's it. That's it. He had me on quite. I was on there quite a few times. My kids love you. My, my kids love you on the middle, though. My three girls. Every time. Oh, they really? Show, they said we love the grandpa. No kidding. They do because I, who can't like you? You're you're kind of fun and cuddly. You're kind of like a teddy bear. <laughs> yeah, lovable Luther. And you know, <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 of course I don't try to do that, but uh, in fact, I'm really not a lovable guy. <laughs> Why is that? I'm surprised I come off that way. Ask my wife. <laughs> uh, I was gonna, you've, been, you've been married long enough, though. <laughs> well, my, my wife's 21 years younger, and oh. my brother has always done what it tried to outdo me, and he goes <laughs> married when 84 years younger. 84 years younger? No. Well, no, no, no. I'm exaggerating. He's 88. She, she just turned 40. Now, you can take that for what it's worth. Uh, you know, uh, it, but it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Someone was looking to make a couple of bucks. Does he have, I wonder if he has a stand in, in the bedroom. Yeah, well, it ain't me. <laughs> Now, do you still have to audition for roles? They want me to, but I won't do it. Uh, you know, I've done enough that they look at, you know, I have all kind of film. So what they do, I'll tell you, this is what they do. They take people and make them audition no matter what. Because uh, uh, then each person gives them a little something. I've seen many things where I auditioned for stuff, and they took what I some of the stuff I did and gave it to the guy who got the part. They're looking, you know, they don't know what they're looking for in a lot of cases. Yeah. Sometimes they'll pick somebody that is just the opposite of what they're looking for because they like the audition. But you know, I live. I don't live there now in California, and you know, I'm not going to fly out there to audition. 
So how come you haven't played? Exactly, this called me. They're doing a pilot. The pilot, and the, the guy, agent called me. There's four. I said, are you interested? Send me a script. I got I had four lines. Four lines in the pilot, and they didn't pick me. <laughs> Hopefully, they paid you well. Well, I that was well, I did it. You know, they pay well. <laughs> I I don't think the series will have a chance if it makes it on the air. But I think you're what the hell, you're just doing the pilot. But they didn't, they didn't pick me. How come you even played the banjo on they, the middle? Uh, uh, I don't know. They didn't write it in. I love when you played the banjo but, on uh, Coach. Oh, I can't play, uh, can't play it anymore. Oh, I never was any good. <laughs> I just had a pretty good right hand, and I could go fast. And and uh, uh, I was terrible banjo player. But the only people that know it are banjo players. Because <laughs> banjo is a great fake, great fake instrument. You know, they have the. If I got a good band, you know, they're playing, and I'm just going. To, it, it, it's nothing. But it was a pretty good gimmick, you know, for me. I love the banjo. I wish I'd learned better, but I had a little problem learning. Anything. I have a question. Carl Reiner, you, you loved him as a writer. Now he's an actor. He actually, he's always been. He started as an actor, you know, on the Sid Caesar show. You know, he was the, the comic. Sure. You know, he started, yeah, he started writing uh, around that time. So he, he always, that's what he wants to do, be an actor. And, you know, he gets the parts because, you know, who he is. And, uh, I'm not a big fan of his acting, but as a person, like he emcees shows and things, and he is funny, really funny on the stage. He ad-libs great, but uh, I don't know why he wants to hang in there. What else is he going to do? He can write uh, another. He can write another show with you as the star, and Dick is the uh, sidekick. Well, that's not a bad idea. We had a meeting. Dick finally said uh, that he would do another series. And so I met with the network. I met with and Dick went with me to sell an idea. And uh, Dick's not a good guy for pitching shows. But the first thing he said, at the, we were with the head of the network. And all the important people at ABC. And he said, you know, why do you have so many commercials? That, so obviously we didn't sell nothing. Because <laughs> commercials he paid the to the president of the, of the network. <laughs> You're the... I, 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 afterwards. Dick, what were you thinking? I did that. Exactly that. After, after <laughs> the meeting, I said, what the... So, well, I, in the, he did that. Then in the pitch, I thought I would get really a show out of it. Because in the middle of it, I, I had an idea. I said, uh, then I said, he wasn't in it that much. I said, well, screw him. How about me? I said that. <laughs> and I split everybody up. <laughs> and then it, it didn't work. 
Then I checked with him. You know he's doing a Night of the Museum 3. I don't know how. He got pneumonia doing it, too. But you know, he did Night of the Museum. I saw the first. He did. I saw the first one. I fell asleep during it. Right, right. And then the second <laughs> one he did, but they cut him out. He wasn't in it at all. And then he did it. He just did this one. God knows what he did. I but he'll he'll uh, he'll keep going. Who is your favorite person to work with? What actor, actress? Uh. Well, most of the time it would be, of course, Craig. But he was, uh, he can turn. You know, most people will say he's so terrible to work with. But we hit it off. But uh, John Wayne was great. He treated me like a king. I did a McClintock movie. Yes. And uh, he took to me and, uh, was that fun? Was that, because... You know, he had control of everything, you know, and uh, he would call me out of nowhere and put me in a scene that I wasn't written in. You know, I, we got to be good friends and everything, too. He's a he's a legend. I said, he would be he would be my favorite. Did he have much of a sense of humor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. Pretty good. If you didn't talk politics. <laughs> <laughs> Was he a Republican? Well, I don't know what he was, but he was extreme. <laughs> I think, I think so. I think so. And you work I don't with pay Ju- attention. <laughs> and you work with Judy Garland. That's right. She, I got along great with her too. She liked me a lot, but the, the material was so bad on that show that, um, or just awful, just awful. I did the warm ups. I was on this show and I had to, I did the warm ups. And one day, one night before the show, I was warm up two hours. She didn't show up for two hours. Ooh. Now, I'm up there doing every piece of material I've ever thought of. <laughs> and I'm bombing because after two hours, they get sick of, then I gotta come out and do the show. <laughs> and they're so sick of me by that time. Uh, she she gave me uh, uh, I was feeling bad she gave me a pill once to try this I didn't sleep for three days <laughs> I don't know what to this day what it was that does it for another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com I'd like to thank our guests Rod Woodson and Jerry Van Dyke our executive producer Dave Olson Tune in again next time for Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.